Adam. And you're listening to uh, an episode of the PM Metal Guide podcast where we're talking about Opeth Ghost Reveries. Whoa! It's like this wasn't telegraphed one bit at all. Not at all. Not, is no, Ghost Reveries the best Opeth is album? Is it? We don't know. We'll have to talk about we're it. Gonna, and find we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. First. What do you want to Whoa! All right. Well, there's a couple of those records. Bro, I see like to. I see. I know. Like I know. This bad this list. Gent albums. Okay. This they're not bad gent albums. They're no, the no, better they're of albums. gent albums. But I, I have been on a jet kick this week. Why? I really can't tell you. Um, aside from that, though, there's been a lot of pretty freaking good music that came out in the last week or two. Um, I guess we can just kind of go down the 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 list. Uh, we can start with um. Fucking, I don't know. Let's. Should we start with non-metal? All right, yeah. yeah I mean, te armed. Um, the. They're freaking good, dude. The Detroit. Um, anonymous collective. Anonymous octet dude, did collective. You have you read like the press releases for like this and oh no and our only love? I read. I read the quietest interview, which has like <laughs> everything in it, and then I know that with the most recent music video, they have names for the bands but they're not they might not actually be the actual names of the members of the band no like dude it's so, the, dude it's the so arm stupid. is like eight like they're like andrew wk from the oh yeah yeah, yeah no it's, like it, it, the it's level crazy. of like bullshittery and post-internet like conspiracy theories they're just willing to indulge in is absurd yeah. have you read the stereo gum interview they no. did no. <laughs> well, so they did like a twenty thousand word stereo gum interview where they just talk about bodybuilding for the upcoming album, God. and the whole time there are two two members of the band that aren't actually members of the band, and then they show pictures that are of dudes that yeah. aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and it's hysterical. Dude, Kurt Ballou is doing some crazy shit. That in, dude, in I honestly there. think it's Kurt Ballou's project. I think he's the head memer. Uh, that's what people think, dude. People think that. Yeah, it, you it see, is that you meme. saw like in the very end of the Quietus interview where he says, "When I started the band." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anywho, the music is amazing. It's so yeah. good, like yeah. scarily good. It's, it's really interesting to listen to. This record is so uh, strangely unique in its just complete fuckery and genre blending bullshit um that it just completely encapsulates itself i the mix of noise pop and mathcore just it shouldn't work but you know what god damn it it does yeah and also like synths and just indie and post hardcore it really is everything and i remember listening to only love like a few times you know a few mm -hmm. years ago when it came out and be like oh it's pretty cool or whatever but now having listened to a lot more punk and a lot more noise mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty it's pretty bass like yeah. it's really it's just really good like with the reason it's called ultra pop is they sort of wanted to take like pop song structures and pop like sensibilities and just coat them in layers of like blackened hardcore and mm. lightning bolt influence yeah and they definitely do it like all the songs here have really like catchy vocal hooks yeah it just buried under like 15 different layers of <laughs> there's shit. so much noise and you know what the fantana why you know review where he basically said this is the most com one of the most compressed records he ever listened to i don't disagree with him there um but i also don't think that takes away from it in maybe what 
his yeah vision i, mean, I still think it is. sounds great and the songs no, me too. are clearly great and like this the whole sort of like new media marketing thing is pretty cool i don't know i'm a fan we're we're officially like past the point of no return just indie heads now we're like oh yeah my favorite punk artist uh, the arm oh the arm yeah no, uh, heard of these guys? They're pretty, uh, pretty underground. <laughs> They're pretty underground. Um, New armed, incredible. Yeah, it's it's really it's, it's really great. Um, yeah, it's pretty. But great. do you know? Do you know what remains one of the best albums of all time? Uh, um, uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog water and the hot dog flavored water. Uh, Bring the, the it. The hot dog flavored water. You know, the love for Limp Bizkit online is growing. Or it's just coming out of the woodwork that's been hiding there Dude, for years. Let's be real. Significant others probably better than Abbey Road. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna make that claim. But if you're willing to, I implore you. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Chocolate Starfish, front to back, amazing record. <laughs> I'm glad like, you think that way, Sam. One of my one of my friends dropped acid, and then messaged me, and then listened to the entire Limp Bizkit discography, and he was like, "Dude, dude, Fred Durst is like new levels of bass." And this is a kid who has like fairly patrician like Indian hip hop tastes. And I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm glad I'm glad the L I M P Biz Kid is starting to get the critical acclaim they deserve, dude. I I'm not gonna say anything. I have uh, no. You opinion. just gotta like listen to Chocolate Starfish when you play Civ for like a week, and then you'll be like, dude, 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 bro. But what I you know you know what is an actually amazing record that I'm sure both of us can agree on. What? Uh, 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 the, the, the new Special Wound album, A Diabolic Thirst, that came out last Wednesday. Or last Friday. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Um, yeah, wow, this record just kind of came out of nowhere, huh? Even, like, yeah, it... one of my indie head friends, um, that I will not name, that we are both aware of, Presence, was like, he literally texted me, he was like, dude, why is this new record so good? And I was like, I, 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 you know what? I was gonna, I was gonna mention it at some point, but haven't yet. Um, no, I don't know. This album just does black metal in every single way that black metal is done, and perfectly. Yeah, no, I agree. It's super aggressive. It's it's both lo-fi and high fidelity. It's it really reminds me of like I guess like late late '90s, early 2000s, sort of like the blend of the Scandinavian and the American styles. Yeah, like it feels like like black metal over met leviathan right and i don't know it's really good <laughs> i've I, only listened to it a couple times i've but... i have extensively listened to it this week uh and i will say that it is it is currently in uh the the upper echelons of my top record of the year not all the way up there but uh it's 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 up there it's climbing it is climbing it is it is currently in number Gonna count nine on my list for the year. Bruh. So I don't know. That Does says RYM anything. Like this album, huh? Does RYM like this album? It's number. I believe it's also number nine for the <laughs> for the year. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. You can never tell. RYM is not a good indication. Scott Dream is number one for the year. So yeah. Uh, Diabolic Thirst is number four. 
uh, below <laughs> Black Country New Road and Floating Points, and above Godspeed You Black Emperor and Mayor Cogdom. I'm so ignorant. That's like also a great record. Oh, all right. Um, uh, speaking of Ska Dream, dude. Yeah, talk about Ska Dream. <laughs> I do not like Ska. I've never liked Ska. I'm a pretty big... I don't know, not pretty big, but I like Jeff Rodenstock. I like his his uh, past few solo records. I think they're all solid. really like the song Fame um, from last year. It's like one of my favorite tunes from 2020. Mm. And he released a on 420 a redone version of No Dream. And every tune is just Ska. And unironically, like, it really works. Like, it really does. <laughs> like, you hear the skank beats. You hear, you know, the g g g g with, with, with the rhythm section. You hear the uh, the lovely horns. You hear some pick-it-ups. <laughs> it is like every meme you know about one, first through third wave ska and done really well and working in, like, this, I don't know, melancholic pop-punk context. And Jeff Rodenstock's just a great songwriter, and surprisingly, his tunes work really well in a ska context. And, I'm uh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> no, seriously, dude, throw this on, and you'll you'll try not to uh, skank in your living room. Oh, I will. I bet I will. Um, it's quite good. Um, yeah. Let's talk about. Actually, I have a couple more things. So I had a few more the things. Liquid Tension Experiment. I've listened to a couple of tracks from it. And uh, I'm sure that the record's good, but I have no desire to listen to it. So hear me out. It's actually pretty good, and I probably enjoy it more than most Dream Theater. I can, okay, I can completely imagine that, though. Like, because they just throw any and all pretensions of writing songs <laughs> out of the window. Right. And just start, you know, doing the signature Petrucci and Rudis. Yeah, it's just a noodle. Like, you'll listen to the first song in this record, Home Second, you'll be like, oh, I've heard every lick on this a million times, but you know what? It's pretty good. I mean, obviously it's very well made. And very well, um... Honestly, though, hear me out, hear me out. Like, there are a lot of, like, really, like, I guess, melodic licks in, in here. And, like, a really, like, a, a real attention to song craft that I feel like they just... I don't know. They haven't done in a <laughs> while. Like, to me, this is this is sacrilege for all of our Zoomer listeners. But I really do feel like this is more interesting than, like, Pliny or Polyphia by a long shot. <clears throat> I agree. <laughs> no, seriously, dude. And, like, the cover of Rhapsody in, in Blue here is, like, genuinely great. Fair enough. I'll throw it in my ads, but... Seriously, pl I've, I've been pleasantly surprised. And, All like, right. I've been listening to way more Dream Theater for my prog show every week. And every time I hear a Dream Theater song, I want to fucking die. But this record's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. Um, um, last thing I'll talk about... No. Um, before you, you can talk about the Phoebe Bridges Cannibal Corpse album. Yep. Is uh is um this grindcore band or this power violence band, uh crime and or gosh, regional justice center. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, so statistically they're like or I guess charts wise they're the biggest power violence band in history. They dropped a record a few a few weeks ago called crime punishment and it literally charted on the billboard hot 100 for can albums. you have you done any research into this what do you at mean? all like is there an explanation for that 
Um, I think it's a number of things. I, I, but basically, from what I, the way, the way I understand it, is they're they're a drummer and singer just sort of ground the shit out of social media and like did a bunch of covers this summer, did a bunch of like activism stuff, hmm. and really grew his community within like the power violence scene. Gotcha. And so the record released, and then just a million people bought it on Bandcamp because they're like one of those bands where if you like hardcore, it's right. like Drain or Gulch or Vane, like sure. they're pretty big, and you'll like them. Yeah. And you know, I listened to it once. I'm not gonna lie; it just sounds like power violence to me. Like <laughs> obviously, it's well done, but it didn't strike me as anything too special. But mm. it's really cool that you know a p- fucking power violence record can chart in 2021. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I agree. Dude, these songs are based. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, hell, look at the fucking titles of the songs, you know? Well, yeah, actually, they, they, there's a song bad, called but... KKK ta- Tattoo, yeah. which was which is like a single the band just released, which is about the uh, the front man's like absentee father being a skinhead. Good. And like, <laughs> it, it's, I don't know. It's it's great. It's very. It's it's the most. Power violence, power violence you've ever heard, but it's great. Fair enough. And it's like I said, it's cool to see it um, do well. Yeah, that's all I have. All right. Well, I got, I got, I got some things. Yeah, you know what, dude? You know what? You know, you know what about Cannibal Corpse, Phoebe Bridgers? I don't know why she's on the cover. I'm, I'm happy to see her representation in the metal <laughs> community, um, but I don't know why she's there. But this record is surprisingly good. And, like, you know what? It's I, Cannibal Corpse. They don't miss. But, like, it, I, I went into this and I was like, I don't know what I expected out of Cannibal Corpse. Because I've listened to the hits, you know? I've listened to their older records, like, once or twice, you know? I just I, I just kind of expected some just, like, kind of gruggy death metal, right? Like, ooh, burr, der, herder, uh, brie death metal. But, I mean, obviously, that's not what they sound like, but... Like, some of the tracks on here are super memorable and super technical. Maybe not... Yeah, maybe not in the, like, technical death metal vein, but more... Like, all these songs are just extremely well-written and very proficiently performed and just composed. Like, Corpse Grinder's great. That hasn't changed one bit. Um, and, like... The rest of the band is... Obviously on on point. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, there is a there is a distinct songwriting change here. I think from their other stuff, and I don't remember who it is. They have a member from another band now. Oh my god! Okay, so they have um uh they have an old Morbid Angel guitarist now. Oh, gotcha. Which one? Um, uh, but 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 Eric Rutten. That makes sense. Uh, and so this album has actually a really nice flow to it, rather than just being kind of, um, I guess, chunk on chunk death metal that we know and love. Yeah. And then like it does it, the thing where everything cuts out, and the left channel does one riff, and the right channel does one riff, yeah. and then the drums do... None of that here. We, we have actual songwriting... Um, I won't say it's the best record of the year by any means, but it, it is absolutely a pleasure to listen to. I mean, look, there's a reason Death Metal Heads, like, hail the Cannibal Corpse discography yeah. as perfect. Because they don't miss. Every record is just immensely satisfying death metal. Like, yeah. 
capital D death metal. That's, that's all it really comes down to, yeah. Um, I, and it's kind of funny because yeah. like we really did get into metal backwards. So we I'm did going back and listening to Cannibal Corpse now is so fun. It's, I know it's, it's, it, it's weird. Um, I listened to the Full of Hell live record. It's I assume it's good. Okay. Really? I mean, we when we've seen Full of Hell a few times. They're always great. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Um, maybe it's just the fact that like I, I don't even know really why it didn't like click with me. But I, I listened to it, like, once, and I was like, yeah, all right. And then that was about it. I mean, it's full of hell live. Um, it's hard-hitting. You know, it's heavy as shit. Lots of noise. Lots of guitars going scree. Um, pretty good. But, you know, I, I'm not a live... I'm not a live album guy anyway, so, you know, I... There's only Adam hates I live albums. Um, let's see, let's see, what else, what else, what else, what else? I feel like I listened to... You listened to Adams for Peace? Uh, did I? What? No. Oh my god, never mind. It sorry, that, that album cover in your the bottom left of your 3x3 looks... Which is the Full of Hell. That's the Full of Hell. Album, I now yeah. realize. It looks identical to the Tom York Adams for Peace <laughs> cover. Um, also, I played Tom yeah. York yesterday because of a trainee on my radio station. Yeah, there you so go. Um, it was on my mind, I guess. No, it's fine, that's fine. I, uh, there's, um, there's a Russian black metal record, um, from a, a one-man outfit called Leshy, I believe is how it is, I guess, fanatically, like, Leshy, um, but it, basically it's Goblin, right, and, uh, they dropped a demo earlier this year, and I didn't really discover it until, like, this and last week, um, and it's kind of similar to the Spectral Wound album, um, but a lot more raw, and there's actually some, like, acoustic and sort of stripped-down passages on it. And it's really good. Um, uh, it, it is currently my Discord, uh, profile picture, is the album cover, which, with the yeah, little... Yeah, so it's, it's, like, 40 on, um, ROAM. Yeah, it's... I was it, going through it yesterday, it's doing pretty I was well. like, oh, that's what Adam changed it to. Yeah, no, it's, a it's pretty freaking good, uh, record, I would recommend it. The record, uh, in English is, uh, titled Full Dreams. Um, but it is, uh, uh, I think, uh, in Russian, uh, as much as I may have butchered that. Um, Sounds poggy-woggy, bro. It's pretty poggy-woggy. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of other records. Um, um, Colonial Wound is a, is a rather, uh, they're a new metalcore band, like, no metalcore noise rock group, um, that put out an EP, um, called Degradation that I really like. Um, <laughs> but other than that, that, other than that just it. Ghost Reveries. Oh, uh, go well, yes, Ghost Reveries. And um, the uh, if you heard of this French post rock band, Brew It, I know we talked about it, but <laughs> what, apparently it exists, and I heard it, and uh, yeah, I don't know, pretty freaking good. I heard what I heard last week. Um, <laughs> what well, well, I heard last week. Yeah. Oh, shit. I actually... Uh, oh, well, I guess we're going to... We can talk about this in upcoming release. Well, it's not for a while. Do you know a new SOC Trillium is coming out in May? No, I didn't. What? New 12-song record. I avoid hanging. Dude, does he sleep? No. Um, there is a single out. Um, but I can only imagine what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, now and have you heard the Van like... Weezer single? Oh no. The Van oh, Weezer. There is a Van Weezer single out. Um, so the the track is um, I need some of that. Oh no, there's a couple. There's I need some of that hero in the end of the end of the game. Yeah, the end of the game was okay. <laughs> I'm not excited, but we'll see what happens. Oh, me, happen. me either. Yeah, dude, this year's like actually nuts. Like we have a Spectral Lore album coming out in like two days. Don't even. We have a Trillium record. We already have Mare Cognitive. Spectral Wound came out with record. Like, are are the planets just aligning or something? They must fucking be. Um, and it's tomorrow like, that the special you know, I'm so excited. Like, I, I swear, every week is just... More. Uh, and, uh, like, Brooklyn <laughs> snobs, wet dreams, seriously. Uh -huh. Did we talk about the Manbrin record last time? Did we? I don't know. It's good Polish black metal with, unfortunately, probably a Nazi on guitar. Yep. Um... Yeah, good good record. Even though that one came out last year. Um, it did was it? Okay, well I'm I'm just look I'm just saying it. No, I, I oranges. Know. I know. Brooklyn Beat. Everyone Green, else, uh, I know, Brooklyn I know, I know. Singing. Oh, actually, wait. Put Psychonaut on their lists for last year. I know. Even though it came out in 2018. Um, I I was gonna mention that actually. Um, there's Psychonaut EP coming out. A split. Oh really? Mm -hmm. There's I will do that, dude. Behold the God Man is great. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, they're splitting with um, Saver. Mm -hmm. um, they're akin in many ways. Uh, Saver is a Norwegian um, group. Um, I don't know what their deal is. Have you, dude, have you heard of this band, Elephant Tree? Elephant Tree? Am I uh -huh. stupid? Um, maybe. Hold on. So... Are they a metal band? So this is, this is a little tangent, a... and then we can talk about Ghost Reveries. But, so we listen to, like, primarily, like, curated, like, taste-made picks mm -hmm. from the broader metal underground, right? And mm. normally the music we listen to ranges from good to, like, amazing. Yeah. And for the first time in, like, a long time, I heard mediocre metal, and it was <laughs> Elephant Oh, Tree. yeah. It popped up in my Discover Weekly, and I was like, oh, whatever, I need to play some non-screamy stuff tomorrow, I'll just throw one of their songs in this playlist and play it, or, right? Oh my god. It's, like, the most generic... Like, we make fun of, like, Cult of Luna for being generic. Dude, we're talking, like, seven minutes of one, like, post-metal riff with, like, the worst multi-track Aussie vocals you've ever heard over at the top of it. There, There is... There is a plethora of really mediocre Doom, Stoner, and Sludge Metal bands. There are. There, yeah, there are a ton. Except um, their aesthetic is, like, pretty similar to, like, Isis or, like, right. Luna or Oceanic or, like, you know, all those. Uh, any band on, like, Pelagic, right? You'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, right? It, it can't be that bad. And I, don't know, I was surprised. I mean, it's not. You're right. It's not bad. It is just. It's just mediocre. Yeah. I, was, I, I had someone on air with me yesterday. Like I was just showing them the ropes, mm. and I put this on. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is this is so this is like a five out of ten. Yeah. No, I I feel that. I I get that. Ugh. Um. Oh. Did you listen to KKB EP? Bro, wait the e the the EP didn't come out. Just the single. 
Civiliza- Civilization 2 is out, bro. Bro, Civilization 2 is out. Literally, it's out. what the heck am I, I doing? I listened to it. Bro. You're unbelievable. All um, right, well, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Um, um, Yeah, they're back. It's Pop KKB, but they're KKB, so it's good. Dude, want to hear something horrible? What? They're, like, not that old than us. No, I know. I know. Like, five years older than us. Lay sigh, Sam. Lay sigh. That's all. That's all I can say. <sighs> Ghost Reveries! Adam looks behind him and sees, like, the Dakimaka of Sarah Midori Perry from Cara Carabinito. <laughs> Um, and he, Ghost Reveries is probably the best Opeth album. Now, hold on. That's a bold statement, and I do not agree. I do think that it might be their best work, but I don't think it's the best Opeth album. So, I know exactly, I know exactly what you're going to say. So, hear me out. This record is perfect if you like prog. Yes. If you like, if you can deal with prog tropes... And you can deal with, like, sort of the mishmashing of, like, 70s cheese with contemporary death metal and a very, like, Ackerfeltian sense of melody. This record is perfect. Every song is immaculate. It flows beautifully. And from front to back, it is just exactly what modern Opeth should be. It represents yes. sort of the final evolution that started with my arms. Yes, I agree. Wholeheartedly. That being said, the better metal record is probably Blackwater Park. Yep. But I think Ghost Reveries is a more consistent and more entertaining listen. Oh, I don't agree with that one. Not one bit. But that is okay. Um, we, we, I think, I do think it might be important to put all that out there to begin, because I do think that that will determine our thoughts for the rest of individual tracks and whatnot. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. Um, this record, to me, is a very different Opeth than the one that came before it. Even, you know... You even, got keyboards! Even... Yeah, you have a ton of keyboards. Even even if, like... Fuck. Um, like, Blackwater Park or Still Life is certainly prog. Like, no. This album... No, 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 no. Th- this, this is a prog album. And there's nothing really? wrong with that. But, you know what? Going back, I was very surprised. when I Because I haven't listened to this record in years. But... I was I was thrown off guard, like you know I, I I know what the you know the two pinnacles of the record holds of course because they're just both amazing tracks that you yeah cannot. like like let's be real yeah. if you're a metalhead and you were born after the year 1995 you probably know every note to Ghost of Perdition regardless of like the styles of yeah. metal you like right. But right? like, like it's just the best metal song ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. I don't even think it's the best Opeth song, but it's a pretty great song. And for whatever reason, it's one of their more popular ones. Yeah, but I mean, but like, no, dude, I agree. Like, this record kind of hits you, catches you off guard, because if you're just kind of expecting even like the Deliverance brand of like, you know, death metal with prog or black metal park, it's death metal with prog. No, no, no. This is prog with death metal. Yeah, it is distinctly different. It's um, like Mr. Ackerfelt was just like butt chugging like Deep Purple seriously. and Jethro Tull and King Crimson and Genesis. And he was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, I don't think that 
helps Opeth in any way. Um, at least my feelings toward them. I do, I do have the sound that I prefer, uh, and that will continue as we, you know, go further down the ranks. Although I, you know, I think we both, as the list or the position in the honorable mentions of the list, uh, indicated, we both are very big fans of Incod of Enenum, So. Uh, who knows what the hell is going to happen with the next couple of records. I don't know. I could love Heritage, Sam. We don't even know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Adam's like, dude, check this out. Dude, Turns guys. Yeah, he Heritage back <laughs> God. Um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think Ghost... Like, the thing... At the end of the day, I do really do think Ghost Reveries is the strongest Opeth record. Because I think it's flow, and it's, like, the individual compositions are better. And I think, like, you can clearly tell Michael's writing what he wants to write. And, like, this is the last record with the classic lineup. You know, we got um, Lopez and Peter mm -hmm. before they're gone. And they're, like, everyone, as, you know, with the last, like, eight Opeth records, is operating at the peak of their game. Like, the solos here, immaculate. The rhythm section here, immaculate it sounds so goddamn good all the performances are perfect and the keys add a lot to these songs they do they do and also oh. you can like this is the first opeth record since still life that they had written almost the whole thing before they went into the studio and you mm. can tell yeah i mean it's very it's very expansive very Fully complete or completely drawn out, you know. They they explore all the space that they want to explore. They really don't hold anything back. And while I do think that I I am slightly frustrated when I listen to this album because I do expect things that I don't get because of the last you know X amount of years of my Opeth uh, experience. You know, it is super enjoyable. And I automatically know what the hell the song that comes on is. I don't even... I don't even know most of the... Like, I'll be listening to this through and I'll have, like, other tabs pulled open or whatever on my computer. And I'm like, oh, yeah. This riff... I know this riff. It's sick. And then I look back and I'm like, excuse... What song am I on? And, I, and I'm like, I'm on Atonement. And I'm like, hello? Who... Where... Where... When did I get here? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a couple critiques of this album, but overall, yes. I mean, this album is just so well-performed, so well-written. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's Opeth doing, I guess, what Opeth will do for the next 13 years at the least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really do think this is the Prague fan's best Opeth album. Oh, yeah. And it makes total sense why AMG put this as his best album of the 2000s. Yeah. Because knowing what AMG likes, like, come on. Yeah. This is it to a T. But also, that being said... No. Also, fuck you, said, AMG, uh, for your three on that Spectral or record. Oh my god, dude, we got beef. I mean, we haven't heard it, obviously, but I don't believe. I have... I I, Alos, I, Alos does not write threes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Even giving the Mistross a 3.5 was like giving me heart palpitations so we'll have to see what this one has in store anyway on track what you were gonna Anywho, say um yeah I, I mean i really think the only important thing context wise to notice here is that at this point opeth had become pretty goddamn like universally successful mm -hmm. like touring off damnation deliverance they were kind of like a mainstream metal band at this point 
And this was their first record released on Road One Road Runner, which is obviously a gigantic Big Boy label. Uh, you know, distribution all across the world. And, you know, it sounds very like full. Like the production's clearly higher. I don't know. It, we'll, we'll get to all the tracks, but this record's goddamn incredible. Very basically no low points. I think the whole thing flows beautifully from start to finish and is the crystallization of the death metal opeth sound. Nah, maybe. So, we, we, so uh, ghost of ghost mother, of mother lingering death. Do, 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 now that do, is the way to start ghost a record. Huh? Opeth seems to really know how to do that. Yeah, like, I mean, what a friggin' way to start an album. You know, you get these wacky, like, cor- jazz chords. Boom, do, 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 do. And then right into that super iconic riff, the very iconic refrain. You got your classic Opeth here. <laughs> on Ghost yeah, of and like it's and like what's what's crazy about this, like the more you listen to it, you just kind of notice how basically everything is accented by each other. Like not only are the riffs angular as ever, but you know Mendez on the bass and Lopez on the drums is like doing all these really subtle fills to sort of guide mm-hmm. your ear to the different heights of the riff. And you got keys all of a sudden. And the keys yeah. sound great. And also, it's heavy as balls. And Michael's, like, unleashing the, you know, the vowels of Satan himself. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of the reason that this is easily one of the most popular Opeth songs, and obviously most recognizable and well-known, is it really does tackle everything that the band has up until this point uh, accomplished, and everything that they're kind of going to accomplish, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. this, I mean... I don't think there's a better song to start this record than this one. And obviously the band knew that um, going into it. Although it is strange that this album, that this track is one of the shorter lengthy ones on the record, but only by only by a small margin. Yeah. Like 1030. Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, you sort of see that the harsh, quiet dichotomy Mm -hmm. that, you know, we come to know and love at this point, the transitions, as with most Pico Pet are just top notch. Like the way it goes in between sections is sick. I love how, you know, everything drops out and then then Michael just chugs on the dun 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 before going into the devil who cracked the earthly shell for told she was the one who woke it you know, we all we all we all know what it sounds like. You have to live before you die young. Okay? Yeah, this song is just such a jam. Yeah, like it's kind of impossible not to love. And, you know, I the refrain is really clever. I like how, you know, it everything drops out and just gets Michael on the acoustic as he does the mm-hmm. um, winding ever higher sort of refrain and does the... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's so sick. You know, you got this nice 12-string guitar. And the way it sort of exits that's always really cool. Where you go back into the chugs, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. and I think my my favorite moment on this song, actually, is when it goes back into the um. Gosh, what is it? Yeah, when it goes back into the, the original verse, mm-hmm. and like Michael mm-hmm. does like mm-hmm. the sort of uh, holding or uh, da like 
I just love it's a really nice build. It's clever songwriting. At this point in Opeth's career, they don't they don't they're no longer just positing riffs and then letting them hang. They're revisiting every idea at the right moment in the song, and you can tell. It makes the pieces feel a lot more fully fleshed out and just works. I mean absolutely. You know, like there's a reason that the all of these things stick in your head so easily. And going back on first listen, I was like, holy shit, this is this is so fresh but so familiar at the same time. Um, and it, that that doesn't change. On every single listen, I'm like, oh my god, this this is just it, it's so good. Every time, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. You know, like the the band just does not stop um, on this track, and for the most of the record, um, you know, it it really is. Uh, I guess if there's any two tracks that Opeth just kind of climax, like peak Opeth songwriting. You got the bookends of this record. Because those mm. are just... those. That's it. And if you're going to go down the, like, I guess you start in the death metal path and then you peak at the the in-between and then you, you know, descend again <laughs> at the prog... Obviously, that's just, like, I'm just switching between triangles. I'm not saying one's better than the other. Um, but, like, this, these are certainly the best examples of how much Opeth can cram into one song and how brilliantly they can do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm like, Ghost of Rishon has it all. You know, you have that really sick refrain with, like, the octave chords. Do, no, 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 You have the breakdown. Yeah. Ghost of Perdition. Like it's 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 absolutely yeah. sick, and you know I love the solo here too, where it's like where Michael's tap tippity tapping, but yeah. it's really cool. Um, I like how it returns to the uh, mm-hmm. and then it, the way it ends is really cool too. Like yeah. it goes directly from the refrain into sort of like an extended Dream Theater esque turnaround that mm-hmm. leads directly into the bang of the hounds. And like yeah. from start to finish, the song is just kind of perfect. Like every riff is top songwriting, transitions amazing, has like two climaxes, both are great, has the heaviest shit breakdown, a tippity tappity solo, and the whole thing is just coated in layers of immaculate production and performance. Yeah, I mean doesn't get much better than this. This is nope. probably the best song, if not one of the better songs on the record. Um, Maybe in the whole Opeth catalog. And, and obviously in the whole Opeth catalog. I mean, like, obviously you can't really garner too, too much from the metal Spotify listeners. But, like, this is their, like, third most listened to track. Only behind Window Pane and In My Time of Need. And oh, both crossover hits. Right. And, like, you know... Everything else just pales in comparison. You know, the most listened to songs, you got Window Pane, you got In My Time of Need, okay? You got Ghost of Perdition. Next is Sorceress. Okay? <laughs> After that, Burden, Burden, right? And then it just and then it just goes from there. And there's no there, Blackwater Park doesn't even appear, which is yeah. mind-blowing. But, like, that makes such an impact, I guess, on what we have to think about this song as, um, I guess, the musical statement that it is for the band. Yeah, no, it's great. And there, there's, not, there's not much more you can say. Like, 
I think the if I have a very minor complaint, it's that I initially the turnaround at the end kind of took me by surprise, but no. it really does lead kind of perfectly into the bang of the hounds. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny the bang of the hounds. It's such a, a interesting song to me. I hear the bang I, of the hounds. I hate the organ, but I love the organ. It's so <laughs> like, it's oh my god. It's so. No, I remember. Dude, this record, like, honestly, like, Blackwater Park and even, like, Master of Puppets for me, for a long time, was just sort of like, oh, I listened <laughs> to Ghost of Perdition, I listened to The Grand Conjuration, and I just kind of assumed that the rest of the record wouldn't be as good, right? Yeah. But, you know, after listening to this record quite a few times, Bang of the Hounds, dude, heckin' slap. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it, is it is absolutely a slapper, I, I agree. Um, yeah, oh my god, dude, that organ. Yeah, I mean, it dominates the track in the best way that it can. Um, when it's there. It's not always there. Um, but yeah, no, this song is sick. I mean, even even the... Like, that's really iconic. The, the clean vocals are also as iconic as they were on the last track. Mm-hmm. Um... And then you have you have a nice little like jazzy, almost <laughs> um, crap. I'm tr- It's kind of like what I. I've only listened to a couple of Porcupine Tree songs, but like no, no, it's totally a Porcupine it, it, Tree. Like it, it's a Porcupine Tree song, and you know what? There's vocoder a lot on this too. So thanks, Steven, for mm-hmm. your happy little influence there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, honestly, what sticks out to me for Bang of the Hounds is just the flow. Like, Bang of the Hounds is not a, like, Ghost of Perdition, obviously, it's not a traditional song, but it does kind of have a ver- an intro, verse, mm. chorus, verse, climax, bridge, right? But Bang of the Hounds, start to finish, is just like, section, 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 section. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing how well it works. Like, you start off with the, you know, the very heavy and very iconic. Yeah. And then you go into, like, a, a, ref- a weird refrain, right? And then, yeah. you, you know, you get a clean part, and then suddenly, like, a Latin-inspired part yeah. where, like, the doo-doo-doo. Mm. And throughout the whole thing, you know, it still feels, like, very opeth. It still feels like it's the same song, and it's just, like, building, like, <laughs> the into the mire. Mm-hmm. Drown desires now with you. Like, another thing about this record is every single part is singable. Like, oh, yeah. Even if you haven't heard it that much, they all just stick out in your head. And, you know, one of our critiques of Orchid is just sort of the whole thing kind of blends together. And Ghost Reveries, despite using, you know, basically the exact same palette on every single track, every every moment feels very distinct. Yeah, there there is certainly a level of memorability that comes on this record that I feel like actually most Opeth records struggle with, or lack in, comparatively. Yeah, no, I agree. Not saying that other Opeth records aren't memorable. They are, believe me. Oh, believe me, I know! Um, no, I mean, I, I feel yeah. and. I just want I want to return to the structure because to me it re- like it really does stick out because you know you got like this weird instrumental climax where Opeth does the thing where they're just playing like a melody with octave mm-hmm. chords and you know Michael's playing the the rhythm part and Peter's doing some Evo shenanigans and it's, right. it sounds really cool 
But then, you know, we get we get a part that sounds basically like the end of Demon of the Fall, like the where yes. they're doing the Michael Ackerfeld chords where it's a nice open jazz chord and he's moving the bass note mm-hmm. and it like loops pretty nicely. And then, you know, after kind of that going on that for a while, it like picks up before we get another cinematic part. Death no. Metal Riff. Do, 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 do. It does that twice, and it's it's really sick. I don't know. Like, from start to finish, it's just awesome. Yeah. I I, I mean, uh, hey, you know what? We're continuing our our trend with uh, just giving every Opeth song a, wow, this this track's track's just great. But you know what? Guess what? It's almost like they don't miss. They They haven't missed yet. But we haven't even talked about the lyrics of this album, though. We haven't. We haven't. And it is a concept album. Is it well, not? Actually, it, so it was supposed to be a concept album. And then Michael was like, screw this. I don't want to make it a concept album. Low. But all the lyrics kind of like still tie into the theme to some extent. This is like the... the I will say, I think this, this record as a whole has better lyrics than Deliverance and Damnation. But <laughs> they're, they're by no means good. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I mean, maybe it's a bit more focused than some of the other records, but it's still Opeth lyrics. They're not bad. I mean, you have, like, the signature blend of, like, I don't know, fantasy bullshit. Dark naturalism. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't know, some of the imagery is evocative. Like, in verse three of of Hey, you know what, dude? I haven't heard the word baying used in ever, honestly, uh, aside from this context. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone. I I always, honestly, it always makes you think of Sherlock Holmes and the Hounds of Baskerville. Every time I hear the song, I'm like, whoa, Pogo. (laughs) Wow. No, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the lyrics, obviously, they're kind of important when you have clean vocals or the very, um, listenable growl that uh michael has but like it doesn't take it doesn't take away from it that yeah not and like i said there is great imagery in here um and like i don't i don't dislike them it's just kind of like at this point in their career you know michael knows what he's doing with lyrics and that's just kind of shitting out like loosely tied together poetry and that's right. fine because like the songs are so goddamn good on their own and it's not like they don't, he's saying they anything like if if Michael was dropping like f bombs and saying like overly edgy things, like I'd be annoyed and maybe right. it'd take me out of it. But it's all just kind of like bullshit, like romantic pastiche. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. fine. And I mean, do you know what's you know what's better than fine, dude? Beneath the mire. Beneath the mire. This song's, pretty, this song's kind of a bob. Um, I know. It's fun. It did take me a while to get into that um, opening, I guess, Carney-like riff. I don't even know what to describe it other than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, it's got a kind of Carney vibe. But no, I mean, this track has a really good flow, too. And, you know, it's got its like kind of marchy tempo that's the drums just kind of keep in time for most of the... Uh, at least a good part of the track. Um, mm-hmm. 
Sun's Sun's probably in four four, but like that's okay. You know what? <laughs> it's okay. We don't mind. We don't mind. I mean, what I what I like about the song is like the way it sort of bounces between some ideas and mm. then it kind of builds upon them throughout. Like you, you mentioned, like the Carney intro, which is very iconic and it's kind of yeah. funny, right? It reminds me of uh, that moment. What's the yeah. song on Deliverance that has like literally the carnival moment? Oh shit! Um, it goes to show you how memorable Deliverance is. <laughs> ah! Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know the name. In but every. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's sort of like that, except I've expanded upon a little, and it's really fun. And then it switches to like a more chordal, like epic sounding feel. Yeah. And then switches back and forth between that. And you know, by the time like Michael's coming in and doing like his like death metal like posturing, it works because you know they're still bouncing between that. Yeah. And I do like like. I don't know. The refrain here is great. <laughs> oh no, I, I agree. Creepy. I agree. Like hearing my like it's the Michael Choir Boy tenor again, but you know we sure shit don't mind that. I don't mind mm -hmm. it one bit. Um, and the in a Holocaust scene memory. Like Sam, that's gonna get us flagged on YouTube. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't. I don't care. I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, no, but. Yeah, even even though it is, I guess, uh, a more meme-y uh, choral refrain, like, I don't care about that anymore. It's Opeth, man. Michael's mm. just too good at what he does to really comment anything like that. And, and I, I mean, the, like, yeah. I, will, I will say, like, from the first two tracks, you kind of expect the song to go in a very different place, but it has a totally different B-side. You get, oh, yeah. like, the instrumental break, and then you get, like, sort of a pick up of that, and... And, um, gosh, what the, what, now I, oh gosh, what does it sound like? Um, like the, yeah, like classic, uh, off time prog, uh, transition that's used in every band ever from the beginning of Prague's existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I, I, I like the, I like the way this track transitions back into its, full instrumentation from its um its break and the like half i think like three minutes four minutes into the song whatever it is yeah yeah and i mean i it it's it sort of it portrays the full gamut and it once again flows well without having a traditional structure and the mm -hmm. keys really like the keys really do kind of make this song yeah you know i like i love the uh Decrepit body wearing transparent sin inside the smoke of failure like it's a cool melody. It's kind of wonky, but it really works. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the part that I always think is hysterical, <laughs> and when I'm listening to this record, I always like chuckle out loud, is in the death metal section at the beginning. Whereas I thought of myself as a leader. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Why is it so serious? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking... It's a meme. I I know. It's it's very funny. But, I don't know. It's like, the song slaps. It's kind of wacky. It kind of goes in a few different places. Yeah. But, once again, from start to finish, it flows immaculately, and basically every technical aspect of the song is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, any... Also, any, the solos here are super tasteful. Yeah, and there's a few, quite a few of them. You got... You have... You have you have the I, what are they, three guitar solos, including the ending one. Yeah, I think one? there are three. 
Well, um, you have like the the very subtle like Latin solo um, in the beginning. Then you have like the more intense like tappy one, and then you have the outro solo. Mm-hmm. This track does kind of end weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. and then yeah, you know it just sort of fades out. Well, I mean, I I think it's cool. Like, yeah. And we honestly, like, we haven't really talked about just how friggin' good Lopez is on this record. No, one one best performance. One could say he's in his prime here, uh, which is kind of weird given the circumstances that surround uh, this album and what precedes this album. Um, but and came right after. And but. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure we will discuss at some point. Uh, but anyway, yes, it is incredibly impressive. Uh, his yeah, work like, on here. Absolutely. Some of the... Every groove on this record is infectious. Mm. Like, especially in, um, Harlequin Forest, which we'll talk about, but like, oh my God, like I can't drum at all. But I find myself like going bananas to every moment on this record. Yeah. Like he's always in the pocket. He's always making it consistently interesting. He's serving the song and his fills are very tasteful. Yeah. And I mean, like, as someone who's uh, trying to learn uh, the the that instrument in particular, man, Lopez doesn't make it easy. Man, he doesn't make the bar <laughs> low one bit. The the, the double bass work here is gross. It's so fast. He's it's all thirty second notes, and he's switching on and off from it. You know. It's just, oh, it's stupid. And octopus armed man. No, seriously. And like some of the, the, the work bouncing between like uh, the symbols um, while managing the snare during those sections is just, oh man, man's a man's a beast. Metal yeah. modern metal drummers are beasts. Do not do <laughs> not do not ever think anything otherwise. Um, I will say. Like the 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 production sound on this record, as far as drums go, is distinctly more modern, but it still has like mm. that the warmness we've come to associate with Lopez. Yeah, time. yeah, they're they're a bit punchier, but they still absolutely hold uh, yeah, their. And the cymbals here sound so good. Like he sort of like hangs on the ride a lot in the slower sections of these mm-hmm. songs, and like he'll throw it on the offbeat, and it just consistently sounds awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, honestly, all the tones on this record are just pert. Like, the Mellotron on all these songs and, like, the, you know, mm-hmm. classic for jazz organ sounds so good. Like, yeah. I hate when bands overuse it. <laughs> like, I've listened to so much goddamn 70s prog. Looking at UELP, where the entire song is just, like, eight minutes of jazz organ. <laughs> and so it's really nice to hear them use it, like, in a very musical way. Yeah. Yeah. Not always in there which is a good thing because i i don't know if i could enjoy this record if that was the case yeah and that i mean that yeah we'll get to all that at the end but uh shall shall we move to uh, uh, another track yeah i mean speaking of a song that uses mellotron well like atonement is a very interesting song because this is the break in the album no that happens after the opening salvo that we're used to right like normally the like if you think of breaks we have like benighted we have harvest mm-hmm. um what we have uh, i guess i don't know uh, uh silhouette um, um 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 yeah right silhouette wait yeah, oh god then, 
Oh god. Deliverance doesn't really have too much of a break. It's a magical! Oh yeah, magical too. And I think this is really effective because it really keeps the pace of the record going. Like, you know, we just have this absolutely coked out, like, Middle Eastern jam. Yeah. Where, you know, you got Lopez j going along while, like, mm -hmm. Michael and, and Peter are trading off, like, harmonic minor solos and a nice Mellotron over the top. Yeah. Actually, you know what? This is... I don't know why it came about. I didn't want it to come about on this track. But I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days when thinking about this record. There, and this is bad, and it's gonna, this is, oh god, this is not gonna sound good. But I do hear, on this album, a pretty distinct Tool influence. Whoa, he said now, it. I, 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 I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but like, you got the Tabla worship on this track. <laughs> a, a lot of the riffs, a lot of the riffs on some of the other ones, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me rewind, and I'm like, oh my god, that is a that is a lateralis slash 10,000 days riff. And I just think that's it's kind of cool to see Opeth sort of bring a little bit of that into their sound. Um, I could be just Bro, completely now crazy. now that you said it, I can't unhear but it. No, no, you, you never... <laughs> no, but it, it is 100% there, and I didn't notice it until, like, now re-listening oh to it yeah because and, dude, and the usage of like the you know the distinctly like middle eastern egyptian no yes uh-huh like, oh gosh it is not only it's not only on this track but the, i guess this track is certainly guilty of it but like honestly the whole record kind of is uh, has some parts and pieces taken um from that catalog now that is not that that frankly that's a good thing. You shouldn't only keep yourself pigeonholed into one sound. You should absolutely explore your sound. And I think that Opeth uses that well. But I could not unhear it and now you cannot unhear it. Oh no, dude, what have you done to me? Because it it's there it's there. It is. Bro, this body dude, this body holding me. <laughs> this body. Oh my god. Um <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, ignore... Yeah, actually, this song's kind of very tooly. This song actually sounds very much like Reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it's the switch between, like, the guitar lead and then, like, a tabla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I will say, I really like Michael's vocal melodies here. Like, the sort of understated verses. Cleared the fog that was veiled around me and blurred my song. Like, I like that. Yeah. And then the, the chorus or the, the refrain of the... Uh, well, it, nice. it's, it is a really nice change of pace from basically everything else that the record has shown us at this point. Um, and yeah, and it doesn't feel forced. It feels like a very no. natural progression through the rest of the songs. And once again, it leads perfectly into the next one. And you know what? Even though it's I would consider it technically an interlude track, it doesn't feel like it one bit. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, which is certainly to the benefit of myself and the other people who hate interludes in the world. Um, but, yeah. yeah, no, obviously, good track. Kind of brief, and there's not too, too much to talk about because it is rather stagnant. Um, but it does it does keep the flow really well. I mean, well. I, think, I think one thing to focus on, if you're listening to this again, is just listen to how, like, the keys change throughout. Like... It's really clever. It builds in subtle ways. They're swapping out textures for others. And you have, like, a nice jazz solo at the end. For, mm -hmm. for the last little bit of the yeah. verse. And I, we didn't talk about it, but 
both Beneath the Mire and Atonement have like this do this thing where like they kind of cut off and then play like a riff that leads directly to the next song. Right. And for um for Atonement it's the do no 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 and it leads directly into the do no 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 into the tree. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Lyri- lyri- like, uh, I feel like it's not like no, it's the lyrics not are literally like Opeth, so yeah. And it's there's like four lines, something five, six, yeah, seven, like four on the whole four. song. Not not too many. Now, if we're talking about best songs on the record, though, whew. I mean, what more? What more can you ask for? Again, we're we're back. We're back to that time old true question. You know, bro. I'm sorry. This is like the funkiest Opeth groove in history. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, from from moment one, you know, filtered yeah. guitar into the trees. Like, I don't know. It's and it just doesn't, so it doesn't fun. stop. He keeps. They keep. They keep it sort of kind of bouncy the whole time. I know, it's just, and like, the chords are really fun, the vocal melodies are super fun, the keys are getting in on it, Mendez is doing some bass fills, and then the song just goes from this for like 11 minutes, and it feels like you just, I don't know, you just blinked and the whole thing was gone, I don't know. I think this song is actually the best song on the record. I think It's grown on me quite a bit. I mean, you you sure know why it's a live staple of theirs. Um, Yeah, I I, 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 I I get it. I really would recommend watching the uh, Lamentations and the Royal Albert Hall performance of this song. Both awesome. I've seen a couple of performances of it live, but... Um, Luckily, Opeth has a lot of live albums. Yes, they do. And the refrain here is awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Like the... A trail of sickness leading no. to me... Gosh, that's a little high, but, you know. It's alright. Um, but yeah... No, it's, uh, it really, for some reason, this song is just, overall, just so catchy, so intriguing, Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it doesn't play, it it plays a bit, um, and obviously, you know, it breaks down like most good Opeth songs do, but it, it, it always keeps the, I guess, direction that, um, it really sets out to. Yeah, That's no, the I mean, pretty so, good. like this song has so many memorable moments. Like I always yeah. think of the instruments of death before me. Do no it, do no it, do no it, Like, I'm sorry if that is the coolest thing ever. And also, like the transition into Harlequin Forest is awesome. Like where you know you get the do do yeah. Do 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 do, bo bo do 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 do, and then you know what all comes back. These are do it's do 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 do. This song, Harlequin Force, is in particular the, the I guess the latter half, is a really I don't know what to like kind of put it to, because it is similar to something, but wow, it's just. This, for some reason, the vocals Honestly, do you know what it sounds so like? well. Do you, do you know? Do you it's know, so, so it's really similar. It's really similar to um, Epilogue from... From... from uh, my Arms. Now I gotta go listen to Epilogue. 
Because that, that was so many albums ago, Sam. <laughs> yeah, that was hold like on, eight months on. ago. Come on. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. Except without the jazz organ. That is in that song as well. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, this, this song is sick. Um, it's got a wonderful flow. And hell yeah, those guitar riffs are memorable. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, and I, I just, I just love the vocal, like, leads in the last part. Like, awaiting redemption. Yeah. As mm -hmm. they die alone with no one by their side. Like, it's so sick. Yeah. He's, it it, it then, fluctuates up and down the vocal scale, which is really nice. We get to hear mm -hmm. all parts of Michael's range. No. Oh. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like... This this has like a deliverance esque outro that's just sick. Yeah, like it's super memorable. I don't know, super fun. As every prog death song should. Yeah, right. And like, I I know I'm saying it a lot, but like, what makes this record really stand out for me is just the sheer consistency that all these songs hold. Like, aside from from Ghost of Perdition, none of it, like which has probably the most traditional structure here. Like, all the songs have basically no no like rhyme or reason for working as well as they should, except you know just the sheer uh, like level of of consistency on display when it comes to like the the riffs, the melodies. And like the the composition, like right. they all flow immaculately. They all flow immaculately together in one direction, and they sort of grab, take all the lessons that Opets learned from the past. You know, like mm -hmm. on on Still Life, you know they they learned how to to make good tunes through repetition and to have memorable riffs for the like really like the first time on Blackwater yeah. Park. They learned how to compose as an album, just in a an immaculate experience from front to fit from start mm -hmm. to finish while incorporating like more traditional structures. Yeah. Deliverance. They learn how to get heavy as balls and to go in a million different places at once. And on ghost reveries, they sort of take all those things, put them into a blender and sauce in like a really just high level of musicianship. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. I, I will say, I think the lyrics on Harlequin forest in particular are really dumb, but like they're good. Like, well, well, would you would you like would you care to expand? Like, dude, some of these lyrics are just horrible. Like, nocturnally helpless and weak in the light, depending on a prayer, facing deserted roads to find a seed of hope. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you are the laughing stock of your generation. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just, I really don't think the leagues are good, but... Uh, they, yeah, that's I, fine. I don't care. Again, redeemable. Oh, uh, and redeemable because, like, the song is just so good. And, like, yeah. All, like, all the moments are just great. And I don't know what else to say. Right. I think, I think we're about to hit Adam's least favorite song in the record, so... You know what? You'd be wrong. Really? Yeah, no. Well, I for actually, a long time, I hours actually of, like Hours of Wealth. I do. Yeah, for a long time, I was like, dude, this song's just cringe. This is this is Michael putting on his like blues dad hat and like <laughs> holding out a, like a pentatonic bend for like five minutes, you know? Yeah. But it's actually just great, really no, nicely this, composed. This song and serves is great. As a breather. Yeah. I honestly really do enjoy this track. Um, it Me is too. a good breather, and 
I, I, I think it's very well done, and... I guess the problem I usually have with stuff like this is that it's just too short. And there's not, there's really not an emphasis on actually writing a song. It's just meant as a break. You know what? Hours of Wealth is an actual song. Even if it takes three minutes to get into it, fine. I'll take it. I, and you know what? Michael's got a good croon. I and, know, and it's and, funny because he really is, like, talking about, like, non-Opus stuff at all here. But, no, it's really, like, you're right. The song is an awesome build. It has, like, a, it reminds me of, um, gosh, what's the second instrumental song on Orchid? Um, uh, the piano track that I can't remember the name of. The, no, there's, like, a second one that was supposed to be the introduction to the last song on Orchid. Requiem? Yeah, Requiem. It sounds like Requiem, and it builds really nicely, and then everything falls out, and you just get, like, a jazz organ and a... Found a way to rid myself. It, it, like, it, it is really Mimi, but you know what? It is great. It is. When I was younger, I always used to crack up on... Look in through my window! <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean... All days are in darkness, not biding my time. Once I am sure of my task, I will rise. It's still, it's, it's still Opeth, you know, fiddling with experimentation and all that sort of stuff. And I, I'll commend them on it. Because, you mm. know what, this might not be my favorite song, but I do enjoy it and I think it fits really well on the album. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And like, that, that final add. solo is so, it's so tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like all the j the jazz voicings are really nice. It like as always, it builds and flows nicely, and it's a perfect breather. Cause like, let's be real, we just heard the sickest song ever, and we're about to hear the sickest song ever. Yeah, uh, there's the Opeth interludes are never the worst interludes I hear all week. Yeah, that's and what's for good sure. about Ghost Reveries is the interludes are songs. Like you have Atonement, yes. which is just yes. a jam, and you have Hours of Wealth, which is just a jam. Absolutely, they're they're. I will say. With confidence, I do not dislike any track on this record. Nor did I on Blackwater Park, or others. But for specifically, these are some of the better interlude tracks the band has written. Mm -hmm. Or actually yeah. begun to write. Oop. Oop. Uh, um, but yeah. And then, you know, we have... That moment. Yeah, man, I mean... It's just... Like, that's it. That's it, you know? Like, <laughs> we, we, we've ended it. It's over. Uh, the, the, yeah, this song is just kind of nuts, man. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh my god, what a like, what a tune, like, yeah. you know, from the intro to the that signature riff. And then you know the whole it's in six and Lopez is doing yeah. his nice clave. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is like, this is the album's definitive, like, fuck yeah moment, and it lasts for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I read a blog post from, like, 2005 on Reddit about this album, and it was, like, it was about some kid who was driving through Florida while listening to it, and he was like, 
during the breakdown in the middle, I gripped my my, my driver's wheel so hard that my knuckles turned white. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. My God. I mean, yeah, though, you kind of have to um, in this track. It, it, it's it's so intense. It just it works so well. Um, and what's, what's funny about this song is it actually really just it's really just one riff for 10 minutes yeah <laughs> like it's just hamming home like the bow now now for the entire song mm. but for some reason it's interesting we get the like, nice little staccato melody right after you introduce the riff and it gets heavier just continues yeah, and to you stay start heavy. adding like strings some mellotron some like guitars the it's just a really nice balance and jumping continually back and forth between um its themes and sort of what yeah, it does no, and, and adds I mean, and instruments vocal, every time the, the vocal looks here are just perfect like the the uh, majesty faithful me Pour yourself into me. Mm-hmm. And then the screams like, The eyes of the devil. Yeah. It's fucking sick. It's just so cool. It's, it's a not, I mean, it's, this song is just amazing. It's so heavy. Like, it, Michael's vocals just nail it. and Oh yeah, totally. It, it's just, the, and the vocals near the end of the track are so spooky. And it just—it's so—it's—it's it's perfect. It, it really is almost close to a a perfect Opeth song. No, totally. They do and it. Like, they do um, it again. You have, the, you have the super angular, like morbid angel riff in the middle, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like the <laughs> that awesome tappy tappy guitar solo. Yeah. You have Michael has not one but two held out screams here that are just both so sick. Yeah. I don't, I, and, I mean, you know, when you return to the, the intro riff at, like, at six minutes, it's so cool. Yeah. It just feels so right. And when you, re- yeah, oh, my God. Do, do, do. And it's, it just feels so right. And when you finally return back to, like, that final verse, it's it's like, oh, my God. That's yeah. so fucking cool. I, I mean, so, I can imagine that. I mean, most of the tracks on here would be just be amazing live, and I can really understand why. Because they really do reward your wanted and waited patient listening. Because mm-hmm. you really are just kind of waiting for those moments to come back and explode again. Even when, you know, Michael does the little hushed vocal whisper in the pre-chorus, like, three times, you know, spread out throughout the song. Uh-huh. And like that last time when it jumps back into that, um, just the, just that huge death metal part, it's just it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's perfect. And like, what's crazy is that, like, the last three minutes of the song go back like they start off really aggressively with the intro, the do no no, and you know Lopez is doing fills, and then it goes down again to the verse, and then it builds up to like the most intense version of the riff in the whole song. Yeah. Where, you know, everyone's filling their asses off. You have keys that are matching it. You have mm-hmm. a nice, like, over the top of it. And just, and, like, whispers. And it sounds, it's just so cool. Yeah. Like, this, it re- like, I remember learning this on guitar and being so surprised at how simple it was. But this, like, one simple, like, melodic idea gets you through ten minutes of one of the best Opeth songs. All it takes is some clever songwriting. That's really it. 
and you no, can make really. a a masterpiece like this one. Also, let's be real. It does the um, it does the um, moonlapse. No, what is it? Moonlapse. Yeah. What's the What's the last song on Still Life called? Yeah, Moonlapse Vertigo, right? No, Moonlapse Vertigo is halfway through the album. White Cluster. Yeah, it does the white cluster thing where you have like a nice subtle key riff that leads <laughs> gives way into It's very it's very cool. And that, I don't know, it just kinda like it works. Like this is this is the closer. This is the penultimate badass moment. Yeah. And you can understand why. I mean, I don't know. There's another reason this song is one of the best Opeth songs. There's so many reasons. I mean you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to, what else to say. Uh, the only thing I do have to say is I wish this was the last song on the record. No, dude. I I think Isolation Years is unironically one of the best Opeth songs. Um, like AMG thinks it's the single strongest Opeth melody, and I'd agree. Like, well, like, dude, that chorus, dude. Look, I'm not. I, it's a great song. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, hear me out. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think the way this uh, this album is flows is this works perfectly as like the conclusion, the ending credits, the falling action to the grand conjuration. That's fair. I do wish that I had a banger of a closer though. I don't like I don't like I don't like closing up the record with a nice little bow. And if I do, I like it to be a, a big, epic, um, head-smashing bow. Well, I don't know. I could, now, granted, that's that that is personal taste, of course. Um, you know, I am going. I am going to prefer the ending of Blackwater Park to this purely on the reason that Blackwater Park is the statement that we are left with. Now, I'm not saying that I don't like Grand Conjuration or Isolation Years, but I do think that. In this case, for myself, and maybe another small sect of music listeners, that the conclusion is better left uh, memorable. Well, it's honestly not that different from Blackwater Park. Because Blackwater Park well, yeah. has like a 45-second outro where it's just a couple chords going between them. Well, I agree. Uh, I agree. Isolation Years is just that, and except a full song. You're right. I, I don't know. No less. This song is amazing. Yeah, it's sick. Like, you know, you have, like, the this really sinister, like, um, chordal melody. You have mm -hmm. this, you know, this, this very nice guitar lead. Once again, a very jazzy, like, rhythm section. Mm -hmm. You know? It feels like something off of Damnation. Except yeah. with a, a banger chorus. It's Face of Melinda, but not cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Face of Melinda's cringe, but like that song just feels kind of meme to me, you know. I feel you. Yeah. In isolation. Yeah, but th this is a really pretty song with a really beautiful vocal performance, really wonderful instrumental performance, and it does wrap up the album well, albeit not to my personal taste. And, yeah, no, uh, I, mean, I think it's a great way to end the record just on, like, sort of, like, a, a nice descending mm -hmm. uh, note. And, like, it helps that the song is, like, amazing. Like, it's just well-written, like, verse, chorus, verse, yeah. chorus. Fair enough. 
I, so. I, I don't know. I think I think it's a good good way to end it. I yeah. Mean, look, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I honestly think Ghost Reveries is a ten. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think there are any flaws with this record. I think it's perfect. You know. It's tough because I, I I really can't point out a flaw either. Personally, occasionally, the prog tropes get a bit too much. Now, 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 obviously, that is personal taste. And I've also been submersing myself in just raw black metal for the last year and a half. And I haven't really <laughs> gone back to my prog roots in a little while. Um, I don't remember the last time I listened to a Haken record, if that tells you anything. Bro, I listened. I listened to Falling Back to Earth on air last week, and I like almost. I almost oh, I, changed I, my pants. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, but for not that the prog hasn't rubbed off on me, you know, in a positive way. But at this point, I feel. I, I feel more strongly about Blackwater Park than I do this record. Not that oh, like this album isn't. A, a, a very high 9 or a 10, because I would agree with that. Guys, I'm feeling a strong 9 to a 10. <laughs> Light 10. No. Yeah, no, I mean, I really yeah. do think it comes down to preference, because, like, if you like Prague, and, you know, you're a big Opeth fan, you also like, yes, King Crimson, mm -hmm. Genesis, and, like, the more tropey, like, modern stuff, then you'll probably like this record better than Blackwater Park. I do think yeah. they're about on par. The thing that puts it over Blackwater Park for me personally is that Blackwater Park, well, you know, basically perfect, isn't as consistently entertaining. Like, I think Blackwater yeah. Park is an amazing record, but, you know, there are purposeful, like, breaks in its flow. Like, right. um, you know, Dirge for November and The Funeral Portrait are, like, purposefully dour. They're purposefully kind of a little droney. But I don't, I don't think as songs are as interesting as, like, the middle section on Ghost Reveries, which I think is just kind of without flaw. Well, yeah, I mean, like, Dirge for November in particular, because that's one of my personal favorite Opeth songs, um, you know, it really does have, like, it really, it's it, it's all about setting the mood on that track, and uh, you could say the same thing for the Funeral Portrait. You, you, you establish the mood, then you have the death metal, and then it goes away again. And that's kind of a that's kind of what the theme, I guess, of Blackwater Park does is it really it uses its progness to establish the vibe for the spookiness of the record, um, while the death metal, you know, just death metals. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, the yeah, I feel yeah. And Ghost Reveries is is more prog than the death metal. Definitely. Yeah, it it is certainly a record that um, is is not trying to beat you over the head, but you know collectively weave together um a, a a more coherent and i guess um cohesive piece of music yeah and i mean i i do think it's like i really do think it's kind of a toss-up i think most people i think blackwater park is more like wide-reaching in the metal community but in the prog community ghost reveries is sort of revered as the better record which makes sense right? yeah i think and I, I i i said this at the beginning and i'll say it again this is probably the best record that Opeth has made, but I think that the best Opeth record, or at least at this point in our Opethacy, uh, the best Opeth <laughs> the album... The is about to take first place. The, the best Opeth album, the best album that is Opeth, that represents Opeth to me is Blackwater Park, at this point. 
obviously they have a second half of their career that is just Ghost Reverie makeup. So, you <laughs> stay, stay yeah. tuned. Yeah, right. Well, so it, it kind of puts it in an interesting position because, you know, I kind of agree with you. Like, I do think Ghost Reverie is the best Opeth record, but... I think it's the best record they made. I, I do think Blackwater Park's the best Opeth record, but... Yeah. That being said, I'd probably rather listen to Ghost Reveries because I think on a minute-to-minute basis, it's more consistent and more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're really, uh, we're just going over the nitty-gritty here. But I yeah. do think it's a 10. Like, so where does it go, five. then? Where does it go? Where do we put it? Where do we put it on the list? I don't know. It's probably not. Like, if we're ranking best Opeth records... I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly in the top two. You know, like, there's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, I, I, personally, I think it's better than Blackwater Park, but I understand why Blackwater Park probably deserves the crown. I mean, you kind of just have to give it the crown. It's like talking about Black Sabbath versus Paranoid, you know? Right. Yeah. Or like Master Puppets versus Ride the Lightning. Well, I don't know. I like the Black Sabbath comparison. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, I don't know about the Red and White. Dude, when's the Metallica, where's the Metallica Dude, we'll just die. We'll just die. We'll get to St. Anger and I'll be like, Frank, tick, 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 Boom, boom, boom. I, my life stop. I need to find the a trash can. my death stop. I need to find a trash can. I don't have any. Yeah, over. right, you gotta get a trash I can. A, I need a metal like trash can. A bad, like, James Hetfield, like, Saint Anger on my neck. Metallica, we respect you for what you are. No, dude, we do, we do the uh, the Metallica C, and then like Lulu would be number one, and we'd actually be murdered. I know, and you know what's scary is Lulu would probably be pretty far up there, um, <laughs> knowing us. And you know what? I I've been waiting for the day. We should do a Lulu cast. Because Lulu's, honestly, Lulu's I think it deserves one. a better album than Kill 'Em All. I, I I I believe it. I do. Um, yeah. I don't. Know. I I, I want to do. A, I want to do a Lulu cast, dude. We should do a Lulu cast. I am the table. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny that that was the last record before fucking um. <laughs> Reed hard, hardwired. hardwired. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that that is, dude. That's you know what you know what the genre tag on 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 rate your music listed as what avant garde metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's an avant garde metal record. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're we shouldn't be talking about Lulu. All we should right, be so talking about. Ranking? So bottom to top, what's the ranking? Orchid, Deliverance. Um, Morning Rise. Um, it just goes in order, right? My Arms Your Hearse, mm-hmm. Still Life, Damnation, Ghost um, Reveries, Blackwater Park. Park. Yep. See, now we're getting a little, now we're getting a, a little spicy. A little spicy, a little spicy. So, um, the real question is, is like, oh honestly, God, like, I, I, don't get me wrong, I've listened to Watershed a lot. But I haven't listened to it intently in a while, you know? Yeah, me, me neither. And um, I, I kind of know where I'm going to stand, because I, I think for a long time, I was with, like, the Zoomer take on Watershed, because a lot of younger Opeth fans like Watershed. They think it's one of their better death metal records. 
But, you know, now that we've become boomers and we've listened to all of the old <laughs> Opeth records, I have a feeling we're going to rank it, like, pretty low. I think so, too, but I don't think that's a bad thing, you know? These are also all above an 8 so far. Yeah, I, mean, so I like, don't think any Opeth records below... Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think up until yeah. 2011, there's no Opeth record that's, like, below yeah. an 8. Yeah, so we're not giving them... We're not giving them shit, we're just... We're just we're we're ranking them uh, based on yeah. our personal opinion. That's fine. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that's that 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 is that has been this chapter of the opethesy. Um All right, ready to talk about some news, dude? Ted Nugent responded to the comments that we made in the last that we highlighted in the last podcast. So, very briefly, I'd like to I'd like to go back and describe. Yeah, what bro, he, he has COVID now. Um. After calling it a Chinese hoax for, like, a year, he has COVID, and he yeah. said he almost died. Yeah. It's poetic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is. It really is. <sighs> fucking God. It's fucking stupid, dude. I'm sorry. Christ. It's dumb. Dumb, 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 dude. Well, it's stupid that this man has a, you know, a platform. Mm-hmm. It's just that's unbelievable. Um, I don't really have too too much news, but I have the I saw a story about um, this couple who had their oh, yeah. uh, they had their first <laughs> wedding dance to <laughs> you, you suffer, suffer and you know what? Honestly, that's respectable. I agree. That's cool. <gasps> that is hysterical. Oh, that's um, pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I have a decent, like, no, not a crazy amount. Dude, you ready for the Mudvayne reunion? No. No. That video you sent me where Dig goes with everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, why does it work so well? I just, it's, a, it's, it's, it's just kind of generic. Burp, burp, dang, burp, burp, dang, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, the Wednesday, the the Wednesday thirteen, um, Wednesday thirteen is the vocalist of Murder Dolls, right? And uh, he basically um, he backed Manson. He said that uh, innocent until proven guilty, which is true. Um, but I wouldn't be in the industry uh, and side with a kind of clear opposite yeah no. mm-hmm. um yeah but that's fine hey you know what we had a win for the country this year this 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 week um, what was the win adam um 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 the 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 the, the um the fucking um, the pigs rotten in hell um uh, john schaefer was released on bail Oh, I was thought, yeah, uh, different, different authority figure in the right wing discourse. But, uh, yes, no, I know what you're talking about. I don't. I'm not. We're not a. We're not a. We're not a modern politics <laughs> podcast. Um, but yes, John Schaefer, uh, actually pleaded guilty to two charges. Um, Dude. but but was released on bail. Um, so very interesting. Dude things happening yeah and uh 
It's funny because he literally he literally stormed the Capitol and then ratted on everyone around him. Did Yikes. you know that Ice Earth's last album is like a concept album about the Civil War? Um, wait. Uh, which is it from 2017? It's the one that we have. The one I own? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Dude, look at the, so incorruptible. Look at the lyrics for "Clear the Way." This is a fucking. This is a tragedy. Yeah, it is a tragedy. You can't see Adam just went to his CD case for and all the podcast viewers at home. I don't know if Sam literally just said this. Yeah, I did just say it. Um, but you know, I, I should film myself burning this. I really should. Um. And throw it in the podcast. Yeah, dude, seriously, look at the lyrics for Kill the Clear the Way and try not to scream. Visibly opens liner notes. You know what? This is funny because this is at a time in my life, and I, I have no problem saying this, where I would blind get albums because I didn't know about... Well, I knew about Bandcamp, but I didn't have a Spotify. So I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not gonna. How how can I listen to this music? I gotta go get this music. Like 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 people used to fucking listen. Yeah, to like albums, the right? '90s. Right. So I have this record. I've listened to it like once or twice, and never ever again because it's just not good power metal. Um, but let me let me just. Let me just <clears throat> By the way, I don't know. You can't. The, the audience can't see this, but. That is so difficult to fucking read. I, I'm sorry, but like, I have to literally squint to, to read. You, know, you can just Google it, right? Yeah, but I, I have it right here. I have it open on my fucking. Oh my god. Oh my. Uh, okay. I'm already done. The first three lines have me sickened. And that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, this like, this record is not staying on the shelf. It's unironically about, like, a battle that the Confederacy won during the Civil War against the Northern Aggressor. <laughs> like, how did we let this happen? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I really, I really, I really don't know. We should have known, bro. We should Lyrics and music by John Schaefer, by the way. Of course, of course. Wow. But, bro, there's an Indian in here. It can't be be racist. Let's not use the term Indian. It's 2021. That's true. It is a native um, North American person. Um, uh, speaking of good news, we got, dude, contortionist live stream. Bro, bro. I was going to say it. Oh my goodness, dude! I, my finger has been on the fucking cart button the entire week. I, I'm waiting. I, I'm I'm deter- I'm deciding whether I want a shirt. I mean, I know it's a live stream concert, but like, dude, come on! Like, I I, <laughs> I can't I can't watch a contortionist show and leave empty-handed, okay? But yeah, no, I'm very excited for that show in a month, two days before my birthday. So go find that out for the people at home. Because I'm not going to say it on the air. Um, um, but yeah, no, that's bro, very exciting. We also have, speaking of better artists, new Fear Factory song. You listen to it? I did, I did. <laughs> it's literally like, okay, is it just me or Fear Factory? Just like shit tier Meshuggah with bad choruses. No, they are. 
Well, no, it's not even Meshuga. It's just... You gotta... You, gotta, you understand, Sam. Groove Metal came from Gent. Well, more specifically from Meshuga. And it's, it's just Gent... It's just bad... It's just a reverse card of Gent, man. You know? This is the... This is the inverse reality, Gent. This is, like, in the Matrix when... They go into, like, the other <laughs> Matrix, and then oh, no. it's... That's what Groove Metal is. Dude, um, well, okay, no, but, like, literally, Jen. like, the first, like, minute of this song just sounded like a bad Meshuggah track. Yeah. Like, almost identical to, like, something off of, like, Destroy, Race, Improve. People love it. And I think I know why. I mean, I get it. Dude, this is like one of those bands that just like blows my mind that they're still a thing. Like, yeah. we gotta we gotta have like a Fear Factory cast where we just talk about all the drama from the past ten years or so. Yeah, we just gotta have Dino on, man. Dude, let's have Dino and Burton Seabell on. We don't tell, dude. We do the classic, the classic trope of two dates to the prom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, Fear Factory. Yeah, no, this song Factory. sucks. I can't wait for this album to come out. And then we can be like, yo, dude, this is actually worse than we expected. Yeah. Um, all right, let me see if I can... Uh, dude. Oh! Chemist Bassist left. Dude, I know! What the frick? I mean, to be fair, like, he... It seems like there was no bad blood. No. Um, it just seems like... This happens all the time with, like, bands at, like, Chemist's level who are, like, decently big, but not, like, you know, big, big... Like a lot, a lot of times, like one or two members will leave because, like, it's just such a hard. It's a really hard lifestyle. Yep. And COVID probably didn't help, you know. Nope. He's been he's he's been there from the beginning too, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, rip. Oh, uh, we got dude. Avenged Sevenfold achieves two platinum albums. Oh shit! Really? From the RIAA. Yeah, hail to the king and nightmare. And then I'm pretty wow. sure City of Evil is already platinum. Wow. Which is, it's funny because, you know, I think of like, wow. obviously Avenged Sevenfold are huge, but like, we don't really hear them talked about that much because of the scenes we frequent. And so when you, when you hear that, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, the stage is honestly a good record. Dude, Avenged Sevenfold's not bad, man. And you know what? I mean, obviously the rev was fucking incredible. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, the stage was not too shabby. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, record. Nightmare and City of Evil, and even their self-tales are all pretty yeah. good. Not a huge fan of Hail of the King, but... No, they're, they're a singles band, certainly, but they honestly rock it. And I will say, as someone who used to listen to a ton of early 2010s radio rock, Avenged Sevenfold is the cream of the crop, you know? Like, that's the best shit no, you're gonna what? get out of that stuff. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know Hail of the King had over 300 million plays. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. Wow, is the stage their highest rated? Holy shit. That's weird. Yeah, dude, oh, the man. stage is like kind of based. I know the stage it's a, it's an all right record. Um, but yeah, Gosh. no. Um, oh, also Tool are three Tool albums are now certified double and triple platinum. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's just kind of about time, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like no other cool news has happened. Not too too much. Not there too, are too so much. many releases though, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a ton of 
new music coming and has been still just permeated. Yeah, the underground um, really never sleeps. No, new Paysage comes out tomorrow. Uh, Spectral War. You got Bro. Um, fucking. Um, 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 oh, I thought I would have had more. Um, there's a ton <laughs> of underground. I mean, there's there's a, a metric ton of underground stuff. Oh, wait Death a minute. Chamber, dude. Wait a minute. Um, the, oh, shit, there's a new circle. The, the circle, you know, the, the, the circle? Yep. Her, heard of them? Heard of them? They're, they're, they're pretty big. Sylvatica. New, new victory over the sun? That's exciting. Um, their record last year was pretty interesting. That's one woman project. Hey, wait, is there a new Ultraage album coming, too? Soon, I think. Not tomorrow, um, but eventually. No, it's coming uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Jesus, all right, dude. Yeah. Why is April okay. so good this year for music? I don't know. It just it it, it is. It just it just is. Sorry, um, oh, too too bad. I'll be listening to Civilization Two by Caro Caro Benito. That's also true. That was a good record. Good, good little EP. Scott and I'm dream, not a KKB fan. Um, hold on. Let me, Scott see dream. Let me see what the hell else we got. Let me check my various sources. And um, don't you wanna cry? Uh, oh, that's no. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, um, Adam, bro. It's okay. I know you like tramp stamps. Dude, I don't even want to talk about trans stamps again. I I've talked, I'm talking about tra I briefly talked about tramp stamps on my other podcast, uh, and just wow, man, it is it is it is unbelievable how bad that music is, and how much worse their social media presence is. Um, I, don't I don't know if you've seen. I mean, I don't think it reads as great. I don't think it's like that bad. I think it's pretty bad, man. Knife Dude, I mean... I'm sorry. I they give pop pop punk pop punk. They give pop punk a bad name, and they are not pop punk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you, dude, are they industry plants though? I oh, dude, they're signed to major publishing companies. Every one of them. Well, I think it depends on how you def define the term. But I, I think there is a slight gray area. I think... Okay. I think that, sure, they've known each other for a while, and maybe they wrote their own music. But... Just, the whole thing feels so incredibly forced. And, I mean, I've watched their TikToks, and it looks like they're being held at gunpoint, dude, to do this stuff. <laughs> like, uh, like, I mean, like... I just I can't I can't see it for anything other than completely fake, yeah, or like completely but, manufactured. Well, do you know what's least. interesting is like this probably wouldn't have happened if MGK <laughs> didn't yeah have, like, huge commercial success mm -hmm. last year, which is horrible to think of, but it's true. And I mean, like I don't I I don't know, man. Bro, like, what's the what's the MGK <laughs> what's the Machine Gun Kelly fucking corpse song? Know where it's hair. like I'll never be the same. I want to know if I tell you a secret. Uh, it's Daywalker. <laughs> it's a brand new one that just came out on March twelfth. Uh, oh my god! 
it's just yeah it, it is yeah i don't know it look there's there's another podcast to talk about this in the meantime i'll be banging the if i die first <laughs> a new ep all right dude i figured it out i figured it out by the way since we're talking about if i die, i figured it out um no dude they suck dude and that song sucks that's <laughs> my that song sucks my yeah, nightmares like with dude numbers is horror movies and Bloodstained Eyes. Dude, Bloodstained Eyes is awesome. I'm sorry, but See You Space Cowboy had such a fresh and invigorating sound. Uh, and they threw it away. Dude, for... okay, that wasn't a fresh and invigorating sound. They were just doing 2005 mathcore with like a slightly modern twist. And that's... Uh, sign me up! They're doing, they're doing the same as everyone else in the industry right now that is in their genre, man. It's the same as wrist meat razor. It's the same as all that other bullshit. It's they're all just yeah, no, ripping we're, off we're one seeing another. We're like a big like late two thousands like mall screamo revival. It's just it's it's and all honestly bad. I don't it's hate all it. Bad. I, feel, I feel like you know having to like listen to like all all indie and like versions of like pop and like emo and stuff for the radio stations just tainted me and I unironically enjoy like the the uh, mall screamo adjacent I, uh, stuff. All right. I understand why people like this music, and I don't fault anyone for liking it. It would be um, pretty fun live. <laughs> I, it would be very fun live. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. I wish. I wish, and particularly in the case of CU Space Cowboy, wish that they just. That they just. I mean, how long have they been performing their mathcore? How long? Because they've been like in the game years. for a while. Yeah, a couple of years, right? And, I mean, that compilation that came out in, oh, God, 2019, 2018, something like that, is just, like, I don't know. It's so, it, it, it's an injection that that scene needed, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then, well, I mean, their live record, or not their live record, their, their full-length, like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't a fan. I don't think most people were fans. It was certainly a direction down a road that I didn't necessarily want them to turn down but i'm glad that they turned down it for their sake obviously do what you want as a musician um but i don't know some something about the the, the, the bloodstained eyes and if i die first like it just oh no well, man with, it, so it really with, does not hit with, with me with sea space cowboy in particular the reason why they've kind of like not been great is because like Look at their lineup changes, dude. They've had, like, literally, like, 18 different drummers and bassists in the past, like, three years. That's like, true. And then they're, like, the only person that's been consistent in their entire lineup is Connie, is the vocalist. Mm -hmm. Every other person has, like, left and, like, been rotating constantly. And, like, you see that with a lot of, like, young bangs who blow up pretty quickly. Yeah. It's fair, but doesn't make it does not make me a happy panda, Okay. I, 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 I want I want my things to be heavier. Adam and go, and, okay, honestly, and go honestly, burr. I actually like the new Rich Street Meat Razor single. That is a travesty. And I I'm honestly sorry think that this film is going to be good. No, it will not. I'm sorry, Dude, it's, Sam. It's getting a lot of hype in, in like the scene. I, uh, then I don't like that scene. Ha rumpf. Not that Whoa. I don't like the scene. Please continue underground independent music scenes please for god's sakes just because i don't like the music that your scene produces doesn't mean i mean let's be real misery it. never forgets is not a good record holy like. shit that album's bad i'm sorry i am not 
excited for the Rest Meat Razor. I will listen to it, and I will cry when I do, but <laughs> I, I hope that, um, yeah, you enjoy it. You know what? Oh, the, I, I've sa- I said it in my review, that is the most read review on our Bandcamp or on our for blog no again for no, for no reason. reason for no reason. <laughs> um, their EPs are good from like uh, I think 2017. Mm. That like those are good. Those are good EPs, and I I do enjoy them. Um, mm. I, I just I, I feel like I feel like they're really. You know what it is? I think I figured it out. I think it's not leaning hard enough into the SAS core. Really? I re- I really do think because if they went all if they went all the way, like they kind of do on the uh, on songs for the firing squad, I feel like all these bands would instantly improve if they just gave in to that kind of really weird blend of sounds that they're just kind of just touching. No, I feel you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think it's easy to look at it as like a commercial decision too because like. Especially with like the scene revival, like friggin', I think like Dear Maria just like literally re-entered the top one hundred this week. Like, right, no joke. And so I, I mean, I see it if like you're a, uh, you know, like a hardcore band like on the periphery of like larger success. I can see where like playing a slightly like more mainstream version of the song, or your sound could possibly like market to that renaissance. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, although you know sad, what, I unironically enjoy the If I Die First songs. Um, the wrist meat razor uh, vocalist has a um, uh, a grindcore uh, solo project, like a, a noise grind solo project, and I actively enjoy it more than I do anything that that band has put out previously. So I don't know. Fair. I don't know. Oh, dude, new portal know. song. You see that? New what? Portal. New portal song. Oh, portal. Oh. Yeah, the <laughs> portal, dude. Don't even tell me we're getting a new Portal record this year. We're at the Sam. We're at the point where we can enjoy that album now. We can enjoy <laughs> that music now. Um, yeah. All right. I that that will be listened to after the podcast is done recording. Any uh, any la- any any last minute additions? Um. Oh my God, we have a new Portal album it's called Avow. Comes out in May. Anyway, it's six songs, forty three minutes. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, Watershed. Thursday. The, yeah, uh, chapter nice 9. Day. Chapter 9? That's crazy. Is that, is that really their ninth album? No, their yeah. Ninth, right? No. No. No, that's their ninth. Hold oh, on. yeah, well, if we're counting Damnation and Deliverance as separate. They were, they were considered different in, in our, in yeah, our deliberation. I don't think like Watershed that much. No, I don't think I will either. Um, I, I remember, I remember, I've listened to Watershed more than I have Ghost Reveries. Really? Interesting. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I know how Air Apparent goes very well, yeah, as I well mean, as I, they do Hessian Peel. I'm gonna be real, I think the B-side of Watershed's pretty underwhelming. Like, I think the first four songs are great, and then like, the other half just a little boring. But we'll get into that next week. On PM Metal Guide episode 30. Uh, it's... Hold on, hold on. Well, let's clarify that, it's please. Uh, this one is... This one is... 27. 
You're wrong. So next you're, week's 28. You're, wow. You're you're a dingleberry, dude. Bro. Dude, aha, you got got. Aha, aha. Um, yeah, all right. Um, all right. Bye. See you. Talk to you next week. Here's here's the here's the outro music.